On December 17, 2010, Tunisian fruit seller Mohamed Bouaziz set himself on fire to protest the confiscation of his stall by a city official. It was the spark that changed Tunisia and the wider Middle East. Within 28 days, the government of President Ben Ali, which had ruled the country since 1987, was gone. In its place, a fledgling but chaotic democracy. Over the last 12 years, Tunisians have lived through many changes, more than you can count. The country's had new constitutions, changing governments, new presidents, deadlocked parliaments. It's had terrible terrorist attacks. It's had protests at the economic hurdles that continue to blight the lives of many. Politicians are still promising a better tomorrow. Today, Tunisians are preparing themselves for one more change. They're heading to the polls again for the second time this year to vote for a new parliament. On July 25th, Tunisians went to the ballot box to vote for a new constitution to replace that drafted in the wake of the fall of Ben Ali. Kass Saeed, the former law professor turned president, tore up the rulebook, dissolved parliament and declared that the country needed a change. He's ruled by executive order in the absence of a parliament. His new constitution grants more powers to the president at the expense of the judiciary and the parliament. The change, he said, is necessary to save Tunisia from years of crisis. He's insisted he'll not become a dictator. While the referendum saw Tunisia back his vision with a 94% in favour, officially only 30% of the population cast a ballot. Although even that number is disputed, as some say it's inflated. Many of Tunisia's political parties, including those from the dissolved parliament, decried the president's actions and boycotted the vote. They're still calling for a boycott and demonstrated in the week leading up to the polls. So how do Tunisians see the situation and what are they expecting from these elections? This is Beyond the Headlines. I'm James Haynes-Young and this week we're looking at what's next for Tunisia as it heads again to the ballot box. Before we start, if you want to get every episode of Beyond the Headlines as soon as it comes out, all you need to do is hit subscribe in your favourite podcasting app. We caught up with Gaia Ben Mubarak, the National's Tunisia correspondent, who's been out on the streets trying to gauge public mood before the vote. What she found was a sense of apathy at what's going on. People are just frustrated. There's no sense of excitement at all. The, like the, uh, the scenery is really very different from all the elections we've had prior to 2019. And it's actually very much like it is expected to happen because we no longer have political parties running. We no longer have a clear system. We have a new constitution that most Tunisians did not get the chance uh, to read and mostly do not agree with. So now when you ask people, they're mainly focused on the economic crisis that is taking place in the country and how whether or not they are able like to uh, to like to live day to day that's like the only the only thing that they think about so elections is the least of their worries and they have no hope in any change to their daily lives through any political process so gaia isn't sure that these elections will see a bigger turnout than the referendum back in july that was about 30% of registered voters casting a ballot 
although they overwhelmingly backed the president. I mean, I believe, and through what the analysts like take on on this entire situation, the turnout is going to be very low. So, for the, for example, for the referendum turnout, okay, it was relatively low, but people still showed up because the president was still popular at that time. So we got like thirty percent of people or twenty percent of people showing up, and it's like three millions of like uh, electors in the country or something like that. But now the people that are running to uh, on each like constituency in the country, they are unknown to the public. In some constituencies, we do not have any people running. Today, we heard like that easy, the uh, electoral commission decided to cancel the elections taking place outside of the country abroad because there were no people running for the elections, because the majority of people do not even know that there are elections taking place this Saturday, like from people that I speak to for like taxi drivers, people I run into like in the street, they do not know that there are elections taking place, like except only like few people that follow the news and still care about what's going on in the country, politically speaking. It's the fourth vote since the fall of Ben Ali. But why is it that people who once demanded the downfall of the regime that didn't allow for free and fair elections and got it, no longer seem interested in the democratic process. We have the state of like um, political fatigue. So people are no longer interested in exercising their rights like to be politically active or to have an interest because they were so disappointed in like the outcome uh, of the past 12 years. So on December 17th, we will be marking the 12th anniversary of the Tunisian Revolution. I know like for the public or for an international community, they mostly know like 14th of January, like the day when the president left. But in Tunisia, it was December 17th when, when everything started from the interior of the country. And that was like the point where everything started. So 12 years after that, looking back, people are reminiscing the age of dictatorship with Benani. They keep saying that even if like, At the time, it's true that we were not free, but at least we were not hungry. Gaia has spoken to people on the street, political experts and activists, and there was one thing they all seemed to agree on. The people that I spoke to, whether regular people or experts and activists, they agreed on the point that the whole system needs to change. And Qaisayed still remains part of the old system, and he's still acting upon whatever that system left. Tunisia's President Kas Saeed is, however, confident that the new system brought about with his constitution and the changes that that entails to the political system will help the democratic process of Tunisia and represent the people of the country. So the president and the official, like the official discourse in Tunisia are saying that uh, it's important to have such elections in a way, in this way that has been like outlaid for because they are seeking more representation of actual Tunisian instead of political parties. So how President Qaisai like operated for the past year is that he has been delivering a rhetoric of demonization of every single political party, of everyone that is basically against him and against his vision uh, for the political system in the country. Now, the, the, there are obviously very quite different things about these elections and the new electoral like regime in Tunisia 
the first thing is that we will be having a two-chamber parliament. So these upcoming elections are only going to be for one chamber of the upcoming parliament, which is like the House of Representatives. But we will also be having a house of um, regions and districts. The fact that we will be like voting on individual instead of lists, this is something that President Qaysaid and his regime, his government, are saying that is actually going to be beneficial and it's, it's going to help have the actual people represented. But some observers are saying that although the election may go ahead, it can't be successful with so many of the now established political parties boycotting the vote. There's been little political campaigning, for example. Director of Kawakibi Democracy Transition Center, Amin Ghali, said that this election is different for many reasons, including the faith in the new constitution itself. Today, Tunisia is going through some political development that are, I would say, different from the, from the path of the past 10 years. Tunisia today is after a referendum on a constitution that has been written without any public participation. Today, Tunisians are electing their new uh, assembly, their new parliament, through different approach. Many simply don't believe that the Electoral Commission is impartial, and this has been one of the most contentious subjects of the election. The selection for the first time is, in Tunisia is, uh, is done on individuals, not on uh, lists. Uh, candidates are very unknown to the public on small uh, districts, election districts. We are seeing some uh, uncertainties uh, in the organizations of, of the election. The current EZ, the election commission, the Tunisian election commission, handpicked by the president, is not at the level of credibility and professionalism of the previous election commissions that we had for the 2011, 2014, 2019 elections. According to Mr. Ghali, the credibility issue of the commission stems from President Kass Saeed's efforts to consolidate power since his takeover of all branches of government when he froze parliament and tore up the constitution. The unilateral drafting of a constitution, as well as him drafting the electoral law, is what's led many political parties in the country to reject this election as designed to cement one-man rule. All of this, uh, let's say, uh, bad image, I would say, or bad credibility of this election is coming from the process itself. Uh, the process of uh, drafting a constitution unilaterally with no participation, the process of drafting an election law unilaterally, the drastic change in terms of uh, election, uh, let's say, uh, concept is done by just the presidential elite, I would say, the president and people around him and the election commission without any participation from civil society, from political parties, from, from the public in general. The change of the election commission and the selection of members by the president himself, the general climate around uh, the justice and the uncertainty about the neutrality of the justice system today in Tunisia, all of this makes this election, let's say, facing very low credibility in, in these days. When we read the constitution, we can already guess that the parliament will not be as a powerful institution as it used to be. So this uh, parliament would be very weak. It would be probably just confirming the choices of the president and to a lesser degree, the choices of the government. So probably I would say this step will not change the lives of Tunisians. But why don't the political parties believe the president when he says that this new system will be better? Well, we've lived through 
promises that never deliver. First, it was a new constitution of 2014, then election, then local government, then transitional justice, then many fake, let's say, or solutions that do not deliver. The solution needs to be more comprehensive, more participatory, and in the frame of a global vision. Today, there is no global vision. Today, uh, decisions are taken unilaterally by the president and the, the, the system, the very close system around him. With a new parliament, things will not change. Probably the potential of solution comes from a change of system, a drastic change, either through, again, I would say, a new constitution or other parliamentarian elections, or I would say a new system of governance. The current system is a very tight system. It's a deadlock. To my opinion, it will not lead to any uh, improvement the way it is done, it is implemented today. Today we have lived through, I would say, 18 months of one-man rule and nothing has changed. I would say things have worsened. Many Tunisians say they don't hold out hope for change. Many say that they distrust the political elite and that they suffer from political fatigue. Coordinator at Lawyers Without Borders and a human rights activist, Naurez Duzi, explains. People may know and not know and probably they don't care if the elections is happening. And we've seen this with the participation rate, with the candidacies that they're all over the places. Most of the regions, you'll find like one candidate in a whole region. So it's quite confusing for the people. And I would like to characterize it as somehow political fatigue. Through his new electoral system, Kas Saeed has claimed to seek to empower the marginalised interior regions of the country over the wealthier coast, pledging sweeping devolution of power. The idea has been the subject of popular demands for years and is widely seen as legitimate, according to Miss Doozy. The argument is, is legitimate in a way. It's like when you're so much centralizing the power, it's good to decentralize in it and give the people the opportunity to run and with, with no much need of a certain power or the media or as much as Manitam, the lobbying that most of uh, the political figures that we've seen during the past 10 years holds. It's more of switching the clocks and normally due to the, um, the a certain class that has the right to exercise politics, now it is a popular exercise of politics. Yet, the previous electoral system had some guarantees, the gender parity, the accountability, and the representation, in which it means like you have an opposing figures. So the previous electoral system guaranteed that you have opposants within the parliament. So it was not good, I know. It was not effective in a way. Yet, I believe if we go back to like the Reconciliation Act, for example, it passed, yes. But if we didn't have an opposing parliamentary blocks within the parliament, it would have, Marita, the draft would have passed. It would be very bad, not the one that we've seen. But, she says, the parliament's role isn't on display in the open sessions broadcast to the public. The more important work is done by the parliamentary commissions that debate and guide the policy and actions of the government. However, she worries that under the new system, the next parliament will lack a national vision. So it's in a way like you're going to have representative on every locality or a region that will 
speak to the problems of that region and not on the national level. And given the fact also that we're going to have two chambers, which might not only decentralize, but somehow make the, the process melting and lost. And we still have the fact that the president has to approve every uh, suggestion made by one of the chambers. So we're not having a parliament. We're having somehow a national commission in which representatives of all the uh, regions of Tunis will have a say in this. So it's not decentralization of power instead, but it's centralization of powers in the hand of the president. With an economic crisis affecting daily lives, critics doubt that the election of a new parliament will bring about the solutions that many need. The people of Tunisia have lived through many promises over the years. Many of them weren't delivered. And many have wished things had gone differently, says Miss Doozy. What I wished, it varies from a situation to another. I would have wished if we held the corrupted political figures accountable with a fair trial, with the people's access to information. It would have been good to see people being held accountable legally for what they did over the past years and for simply stealing our dream. Of, of a better Tunisia, of a democratic Tunisia. I wished that somehow the rule of law would have been really installed in every citizen's aspiration. But now we're, we're, we're going to the rule of chaos. This episode was produced by Gaia Ben-Mubarak, Dua Farid, Arthur Edison and Tom Smith. I'm James Haynes-Young and thanks for listening to Beyond the Headlines. For all the latest episodes, just hit subscribe in your podcast app. And if you can leave us a review while you're there, it makes all the difference. 